Life Audio. You know, there's a verse in Jeremiah that has often been my go-to where um, it's been a moment where God has shown himself faithful to me over and over. And it says, if you extract the precious from the worthless, you will be my spokesman. That's from Jeremiah 15, 19. And I think there have been moments in my life where there have been people that God has sent to extract the precious from moments when I felt worthless. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to a very special episode of Sparkle Speak. This is a distinct episode because it is actually our 50th episode since we launched our show in 2021. That means we have recorded and listened to approximately 50 women share their unique stories of how God has showed up for them, encouraged them, and carried them through difficult experiences, battling cancer and near-death experiences, infertility, anxiety, grief, losses, and job uncertainties, to name a few. One thing I've noticed as I've listened to these testimonies over the years is that many of us who call ourselves believers have common experiences of God displaying his love, protection, and peace towards us in ways that human beings simply cannot. I'm encouraged to continue bringing these stories to light across the internet space so that others, maybe even those who don't know God personally, or for those who have a misunderstanding of his character, can know and experience his goodness. One ask we have of our dedicated listeners for this milestone episode is to like and follow us wherever you listen to podcasts and to share specific episodes with those you think might enjoy listening. It will help us reach our goal of producing another 50. Woohoo! So excited. So today's episode, we're really, really pumped to share with you. It features our special guest, Rachel Grohl, who is the voice behind the Hearing Jesus podcast. Rachel is the author of She Hears, Learning to Listen to Jesus and Go. Rachel and her husband, Tim, live in Pennsylvania, where they are part of a church plant in the neighboring community. They have three beautiful daughters, and Rachel serves as a staff pastor of a non-denominational church. I'm so excited for you to listen to this. I just felt like she was totally a sister in Christ, and I know you're going to love hearing from her. So after a few words from our sponsors, we will get right into this very, very exciting episode. So how did you first I start identifying yourself as a Christian? What did that look like for you? Well, you know, I grew up in a family that was religious, um, but they didn't necessarily have a lifestyle of Christianity or even really know what that meant outside of church. And so for me, I was primarily raised by my grandparents who were Catholic. And even within our family, that meant like different things. Like what that looked like for my grandfather was completely different than what that looked like for my grandmother. And so I was about 15 years old when I started just going to youth group with a friend of mine. And honestly, I went because there was a promise of going to a big convention, you know, at the end of the year. And I was like, oh, I like, I want to travel. And, you know, I just, I went for the wrong reasons, but God started to really get a hold of my heart. I was really stubborn though. And I think probably maybe the first half dozen times somebody had shared the gospel with me, I resisted it because I just thought, well, if this is true, then that means there's a lot of people I love that are going to hell and that I can't, I couldn't reconcile that. And so I just resisted that. And I kind of leaned into just this idea that if you were a good person and you tried to keep your stuff together, then, then the good people would go to heaven and the bad people go to hell kind of thing. 
And truth be told, I was at that convention that, that I was with thousands of other teenagers. And it was like, I, I had heard the words before, but it was really like my spirit heard those words for the first time. And so when I heard the gospel explained that time, there was such a quickening in my heart where I got to this place where I finally just broke down those walls or the Lord broke down those walls. And and I was ready to say, okay, like I need you. And I recognize, and it doesn't matter at this point, what, what it means for anybody else. What it means for me is that I have been resisting this love that has been chasing me. And I finally gave into that love. And Quite honestly, that same week, I felt the call to full-time ministry as well. And I didn't really know what it was at the time, but I think that's even some of the resistance I had was because I, I just was so fearful for people around me not knowing Jesus. That's why I resisted. And so once I came to faith in Christ, there's been a huge evangelistic calling on my life since that time. And I think that was even the enemy, you know, really fighting against that even, you know, before I came to Christ. And so um, since 15 years old, I've been chasing after Jesus, trying to know him and to make him known to everybody around me. Oh my gosh. What a cool story. I love that. I love that you said that you finally gave into the love that was chasing you. And I don't know, maybe you can expand a little bit on this, but do you feel like it was like fear that was keeping you from your belief was you said it was fear of, of other people and their eternity where they were going to spend eternity. Do you think that was rooted in fear or what do you think that was based in? Um, I think maybe a little bit. I mean, of course, I think just at a basic human level, when there are people that we love and care about, thinking of the possibility of them going to hell feels terrible. And so there was a little bit of that, but I think it was deeper than that for me. I, I, like I said, was raised by my grandparents. And the reason for that was because the childhood home that I was born into was not a safe place. And for a long time, I think for me, and even up until the last year or two, I've struggled with this is if God were real and if God really was pursuing me the way that these people around me were saying that he, he was, and if he really truly loved me, then why didn't he prevent some of those things that I had gone through as a child? Why didn't he prevent them from happening? And why didn't he stop them from happening? And so I think there was some level of me that thought, well, surely God can't be good and real and loving if he allowed those things to happen. And it took a long time, I think for me, probably the better part of a year or two before the Holy Spirit was able to break down those barriers and those walls. But I think even as an adult, I struggled with that. And, um, you know, I never really talked to anybody about it. It's not something that I would go and talk to my pastor about or anything like that. It was just this internal dialogue I think I had. And it wasn't until about a year or two ago, um, I my perspective changed on that because I think in my mind, I just thought, well, my life with God just started at 15. Like I would just go through, I think that's how I pacified myself. And I slept a night, honestly, I just thought, okay, well, I ignored God for the first 15 years of my life. And he just wasn't there. And so eight from age 15 on when once I got saved, he was there. And I was actually, I'm a spiritual director, but I have a spiritual director. And I was with my spiritual director. And I was kind of unpacking that a little bit. And she said, you know, perhaps God was there. She said, we know he was, but she said, think about this through the lens of God was there. And he grieved that situation with you. Mm -hmm. And because of sin, because of the free will of people, um, because we live in a broken world, that wasn't God's plan for you. And he was heartbroken over that. 
And I'll tell you that took a while for me to process, but now I can look back at that time in my life and realize that God was there and that he redeems and restores all things. And so even in those moments that were so difficult and so hard, they, they birthed in me a heart of compassion that really truly is, you know, burden for those that don't know him. I really, truly like, those are the things that drive me. That's why I do the podcast. That's why I write books. That's why I've served in ministry, both locally and globally for the last decade, because I want people to know him. I know what it's like on the other side. And I want to make sure that at the end of this life, I have done everything I can possibly do to make sure that as many people as possible know him, because I know what it did for me. It changed, it's changed everything for me. Wow. That's so cool. I I love that you're doing that and that um, you were so moved by what God did in your own life that you're like, people need to know about this. Other people need to know about this. And that's, that's really amazing. So I would love to know for you, like you've already touched on some of it, but along the way, have there been like certain experiences or maybe um, just seasons of life that have really helped change or transform your view of God along the way? Yeah. I mean, I think there is some persistent experiences that we all have depending on our individual unique relationships with God. And I think for me, the one that really has been present throughout my life is this idea of God as father. And because I had such a difficult relationship with my own biological father, it it felt scary to think of God as father for a long time. But yet I know that throughout my life, it was because of the protection of the father that I'm still alive. It was because of the provision of the father that I made it through different seasons. It's because of God's hand of direction as a father that he He seared certain relationships into my life to, to help me through those seasons. And so as a young adult, what I, I, I remember just feeling like, man, I, I just wish I had the kind of father that everybody else did. I want a father with skin on, you know? And um, as I was probably maybe, I want to say this is maybe like six years ago. Well, I guess I need to back up just as an example of kind of how God has done this in my own life. Like there was a situation when I was younger where um, one of my siblings was taken to Disney world by my biological parents. And because of that, like I, I grew up in a home where my parents did not come to uh, any school performances or any, you know, graduations or any celebrations or anything like that. They didn't, they didn't attend those kinds of things. And so for them to take my brother to Disney world, who it it was just a a completely different experience for him than what I experienced growing up that, that built in me just a lot of resentment, a lot of rejection, just like, why wasn't I good enough even just for them to drive down the road, let alone drive to Disney world, you know, it's on the opposite side of the country. And so I just, I held on to that. And that might seem like such a, you know, Disney world now isn't what it was then, but that might seem like such a childish thing. But I think when you go through hard seasons as a child, those are the things that stick with you. And so a couple of years ago, I want to say maybe like five or six years ago, um, I got an invitation to come speak as a guest speaker at a, at a Christian conference that was being hosted in, in Disney world. And part of that, I got, um, of course the flight and the stay, but part of that was tickets to go. And I just was like kind of flabbergasted that that even happened. And then the Holy spirit said, okay, I'm going to take my daughter to Disney world. And that was such, um, 
it was such a personal thing to me. It was such a personal hurt for me that to somebody else that might not have mattered. But for me, it was such a healing moment where my dad came in and said, okay, I'm going to be, I'm going to be your dad. I'm going to take my kid. And, you know, there have been other times like that throughout my life where I have had aches that I've held on to that I don't even really talk about, like nobody even knows. And then God, because he's a good father, will speak to that exact ache and heal it where it's not just putting a bandaid on it, but it's a salve for a wound and he's healing it from the inside out. And, and sometimes that's not in my timing. I mean, I had to wait till I was an adult for that to happen. But recognizing that persistent experience of God as father, that's been foundational for who I am as a believer and even how I communicate his love to other people. Wow, Rachel, that is such a moving story. I just got teary eyed when you shared that because just thank you for sharing that. I think anyone who needs to hear this, like God cares about your hurts, big or small. And like you said, maybe it's it's Disney World, but I can see why that hurt you so deeply. I can totally like empathize with that. And so for God to be so kind and loving and just care for you so much to say, I'm going to take you to Disney World, like watch me do this. You know, he sees you in your wilderness and he can do above and beyond what any earthly father with skin on, like you said, can even do. So I love that you mentioned that. And and thank you for sharing that because I think a lot of people can relate to that, especially those who haven't had a great earthly father, but even those who have, you know, no father is going to measure up to the father God can be for us and is for us. So we all have hope in that, that he's our family. All right, everyone, we're going to take a quick break. And after a few words from our sponsors, we'll be right back to hear more. So yeah, thank you for sharing that. And I would love to hear from you too. Like, do you have a favorite verse or something that you've been learning lately that you can share with us? You know, there's a verse in Jeremiah that has often been my go-to where um, it's been a moment where God has shown himself faithful to me over and over. And it says, if you extract the precious from the worthless, you will be my spokesman. That's from Jeremiah 15, 19. And I think there have been moments in my life where there have been people that God has sent to extract the precious from moments when I felt worthless. And because of that, because of the way that God has used people and they have been obedient, listening to him or serving him and it, how much of an impact that's made on me. I think that's one of the reasons why I do the kind of ministry that I do because um, like I work with some of the most vulnerable children in some of the most impoverished nations across the world. And so many, because of the circumstances that they're in, they feel worthless. And so part of my calling that missional drive is to extract the precious and tell them how much they're loved, tell them, tell them how much, you know, God cares about them and cares for them. And because of that, I really truly believe that God has given me open doors and opportunities to be that spokesperson, to, to tell things to people that otherwise might not hear it. And whether that's on podcasting or with books, or even, you know, I just went to the Dominican last month and, you know, we go into Africa later this year, there's been opportunities to go places that are dark and scary and hard, but yet God sends me. And then the people that we find there, they're craving that relationship with him, even if they don't know that that's what it is in the first place. 
Wow. Yeah. I, I don't know that I've ever heard that verse, but that's really cool. And I like that, that God sort of put that on your heart as being your vision and what you're trying to do in people's life. I'm going to read that when we get off the phone here. That's really cool. Um, have you ever seen the movie, A Little Princess? Yes. That was one of my favorites when I was little. Was it? Yeah. I don't know why talking to you that just came to mind. And when you brought up that verse, I feel like the um the main character Sarah like I feel like that's what she does like she always was just trying to get every girl to see that they're a princess like hearing you talk it reminds me a lot of that like just mm-hmm. um I feel like you're like Sarah just helping other women and girls and people to see their worth and their beauty so that's really special that. You know, that was a movie that I, it's really funny that I think that's probably even just like a father God moment. I watched that movie probably once a week when I was a kid. Oh, Yeah. So that's like a, that's kind of a personal um, moment for you to even say that and share that. So I appreciate that so much. Yeah. I feel like Holy Spirit is just kind of like telling me to say that to you. That's, I think like when God sees you, he sees like that, you know, that girl. So that's really amazing. That just speaks to how much he loves you. You know, that he even wants you to like be reminded of that today. Um, Yeah. And then I I would love for you to tell us more about your podcast. So you have a podcast called Hearing Jesus. Mm -hmm. Um, I listened to an episode this morning, actually. It's great. I love that you talk about scripture. So tell us a little bit about, you know, your podcast and, and what your episodes are like. Well, you know, it's kind of evolved over time because it's been one of those things where um, initially I wrote a book during the pandemic called She Hears Learning to Listen to Jesus. And because it was a pandemic, we couldn't do like the traditional book tour and all that kind of stuff. And I normally would like go to talk to churches and that kind of thing. Just that wasn't a possibility. So um, I really felt prompted to start a podcast because I had been guesting on different podcasts and I just thought, oh, that's so intimidating. I can't do it. And I sat on it for a while. And then it got to a point where it was really a level of disobedience for me not to podcast. Like I knew that that was something God was calling me to. So my plan was to just do like six episodes to go with one, one episode per chapter of the book and then cut it off at that. But then the Lord started to just kind of put different things on my heart. And so I kept going and I did like a spiritual discipline series and I just talked about lots of different things, but I was doing it because I was, I was just doing it because I was being obedient to God. Like at first I was not really putting much more than what I had to into it. And then March of last year, I don't even remember what the sermon was about, but we were sitting in church and our pastor had passed out like these little index cards and pencils and whatever the prompt was, I don't even remember because it was in prayer, but the Holy spirit said, treat, you need to treat this podcast as if this was your church. And I've been on local staff, uh, you know, church, local church ministry staff for a long time in the past. And I've been a missionary for a long time, but I did not equate the podcast as ministry at that point. It was just like, I was doing it to be obedient to what God told me to do. I was trying to market the book. Um, and at the time, the podcast was called She Hears, which is the title of my book. But I wasn't well known enough in that genre. I had switched from, I used to write children's ministry curriculum and the children's ministry book. So my my prior books were all centered around that. And so when I switched to women's ministry or this Bible study for women, I nobody knew who I was. And so She Hears is so ambiguous that nobody really, they weren't searching for me. Nobody knew the book yet. And so when that happened, I really had to have like a heart to heart with God. And I thought it was, again, I'm like 
thinking about in terms of kingdom, what does that mean? Well, the goal of the book was to really help women hear Jesus. And so I switched the title to hearing Jesus. And in that first year, in a whole year, I only got a thousand downloads. And so I just wasn't treating it very seriously at all. Once I switched to the hearing Jesus, and all I did in the beginning was drop the same content under a new title. Um, today, actually, today is February 24th. We hit 1 million downloads in 11 months. Congrats. That's amazing. Yeah. Thank you. And so, so much of it was me getting out of the way and st- I stopped focusing on me and I started focusing on him, which really, I mean, I really was in the first place, but it was more about like me trying to sell books than it was about me trying to just share the gospel. And so it's kind of evolved over time. What I started doing is of course, I I continued with some of that spiritual growth content, but what I was hearing from women all over the place was both, you know, email, private message, all that. They would say, you know what? I want to do a Bible study. I want to spend more time in the word, but I'm in a season of life where I can't. Things are so busy. I have these kids. I'm working full time. I just don't have the time. What do I do? And what I really felt convicted to do is I think prior I was doing one episode a week. I started doing a daily um, Bible study style podcast where I was really just kind of going through the Psalms one at a time and explaining some of the background and the history and the culture and the theological concepts for women that didn't have time to do it for themselves. And so one of the things I always say is it's not to replace their Bible reading, but really to supplement it because a lot of women, they might have time to read the scripture, but they don't have necessarily time every day to study the scripture. And so really, I'm just inviting listeners in to do Bible study with me, to do some devotional reading with me. And I pray over them and I kind of point some things out that I feel like might be helpful. Um, and that's been a really great experience. I And we're in the Psalms right now because the goal of, of you know, the podcast is to help women hear Jesus more clearly. But the Psalms was the hymn book and the prayer book of Jesus. And so Jesus and the disciples refer back to the Psalms more than any other Old Testament book. So my thought with that is if we want to hear God's voice more clearly, if we want to know what Jesus wants for us, how better to do that than by starting with his prayer book, his hymn book that he used. And then that gives us an insight to what maybe some of the things that he were, he was talking about in the New Testament. So we're walking through that. We're about um, almost at Psalm 100. So we're about two thirds of the way through. So um, it's been a long, hard thing because um, some of the Psalms, I mean, so much of all the gamut of human emotions are in the Psalms. So we've talked about depression and anxiety and thankfulness and praise and hardship and war and all the things. But I think what we're learning about God's character and God's nature is not different today than it was then. And so while we're reading the Psalms, we are learning so much about who God is and who he wants to be in our lives. Wow, that sounds so cool. I really like that that's your mission for it is to be like a Bible study because that's so true. A lot of us want to and um, even especially since COVID happened, I know I was in one weekly and then it just kind of got out of my rhythm and then I had kids and it's been so hard to attend one. So knowing that you can just pop in your headphones while you're doing dishes or laundry or whatever it is and have a Bible study available to you where you're picking apart the word in scripture. That's, that's amazing that you offer that to people. So I hope whoever's listening, check out hearing Jesus. Um, and then tell us a little bit about your book too. It's, it's called she hears. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I had served um, in various capacities of ministry um, for years. And so sometimes, of course, that meant within the local church, I was a children's pastor, and then I was an outreach and missions pastor. And then I would speak across the country at different children's pastors conferences, helping uh, churches start outreach programs, you know, children's ministry programs outside the four walls of the church. And so I've done that in a variety of countries. I've done that in lots of different places within the U.S. And one of the common things I would always hear from women is that they were really lacking confidence in the area of being being certain that they were hearing God's voice. Like they doubted, okay, is this God's voice? Is this my voice? How do I tell the difference? And then also sometimes they would think or know that God had spoken to them and they would share that. And because there was other people seated seated at the table, a lot of times it was men um, that told them, no, certainly they couldn't be hearing that. They must have misheard. Um, And whether that's for theological reasons or just personality reasons, it seemed to be this common thing that kept coming up. And I know for me, I experienced that too. And I remember having a moment where I really felt clearly that the Lord was actually warning us as a church about something. And I shared that at a table full of my male colleagues, and I was basically ignored. I was dismissed. And then later a male colleague shared the exact same thing and he was taken seriously. And I thought like, clearly there's a a disconnect here. And I, I was part of an egalitarian church. It wasn't that they didn't believe in women in ministry. It was just literally ingrained that, you know, if God was going to send an important message, it was going to come through a man. Mm -hmm. And you know, for me, I was really struggling with that same insecurity that I was hearing from a lot of other women. And I thought, you know what, I need to get to the bottom of this in a way that I can answer this from scripture, not just like my experience and not just what I think, but or not what other people told me, but really from scripture, because I wanted to be able to answer women from what I knew and what, what we know from scripture is often different from what we feel. And so I started on this personal Bible study and I was having a moment of worship And the Holy Spirit very clearly said to me, Rachel, you do hear me. You do hear my voice. And it was such a confirmation for me because I was seeking him. But this whole idea of helping women hear God's voice more clearly, it was through the the presence of the Holy Spirit that that was made a reality for me. And so I started just studying the, the scriptures and I had written a previous book. And actually at the time I went to my publisher and I said, I want to write this book about women and, and Jesus. And they kind of just were like in a transition. They weren't really interested in publishing it. And I thought, well, I'm just going to do it anyway. I'm just going to study it myself. And so I went through the book of John and I looked at six different women in the life of Jesus and how he encouraged them and equipped them and called them and loved them. And I realized that we have to look at ourselves through the lens of by how Jesus looks at us and everything else like it, it, I'm not going to say it doesn't matter, but that is the most important voice that we need to hear. And when the voice of God is louder than the voice of the world, we have a much easier time understanding what we're called to do and how we're called to do it. And so that's what I do in the book. I start with um, Jesus's mom and we go through six different women in the book of John. And we talk about um, the woman that was caught in adultery. We talk about both Martha and Mary, um, but not necessarily in the context of them being sisters, but within the context of grief when they lost Lazarus and and how Jesus interacted differently with each one of them. We talk about the Samaritan woman. um, And, you know, as we go throughout that book, each woman teaches us a little bit 
something a little bit different about their relationship with Jesus that I think really clearly helps us understand how Jesus understands women. And just even the fact that like Mary Magdalene was the first person to see the resurrected Christ in a, in a time and a space where the testimony of a woman was not valid in court. It was not respected by, by men or the society, but yet Jesus, we know he does everything with intention. He said to her, go tell your brothers. Like he appeared to her first and sent her to go tell the men. I think that even that alone helps us understand that Jesus does value the voice of women and he doesn't silence us. Instead, he gives us this incredible, mission to share the news about him with the world around us. And so that whole message, go tell your brothers, that's been something that I've held onto in those moments where other people don't want to listen. I thought, okay, well, this is what Jesus wants me to do. I'm going to do it. And it doesn't really matter what anybody else has to say or think about it. Yeah. I love that so much. It reminds me of, um, you know, the woman at the well who she's, she goes back to her village and she says, I just met the Christ. I mm-hmm. met the Messiah. And it says that it changed the lives of the people in that town. Like mm-hmm. I forget the exact wording of it, but it says that the the people, you know, that heard her testimony, their lives were changed and marked yeah. forever. So that's what you're doing. That's what you're encouraging other women to do. And I think that's just so amazing. I I'm really grateful that I had the chance to meet you and talk to you. And thanks for sharing your wisdom and your story with us. It's been such a special treat. So I appreciate you. Oh, well, thank you so much. I love being able to kind of just share what God's been doing in my life because I came from such a place of brokenness. And if he can mend all that together and use it for his glory, then he can do that with anyone. So I always love being able to share about that kind of thing. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode of Sparkle Speak. As always, you can find us at sparklefaith.com or head over to our partners at lifeaudio.com where you can hear more podcasts just like this one. Don't forget to check out our show notes to find all of our social media. And as always, don't forget to rate, subscribe, like, share this with people that you think would enjoy hearing. It really helps us more than you realize and allows us to keep doing what we love to do, spreading the hope and love of Christ with others. So thank you so much for being here and we will see you next episode. Bye. This is Chris Christensen and back in 2006, I started a simple project, a project to try and introduce more people to the Bible through Bible study called the Bible study podcast. It's a simple name and a simple idea each week, every week, We study one chapter of the Bible, talk about what it says, and what that might mean for us today. To listen now, go to lifeaudio.com or search for the Bible Study Podcast on your favorite podcast app.